Sexual innuendos were part of one of the roles that my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa, Julie Kirk Thomas, played in The Benny Hill Show. Known as the Benny Defender on Twitter after her appearance on Good Morning Britain, we chat about sexual content on TV because Benny is back on That's TV Christmas. We also chat about Julie's career, her parts in Beatles About and Indiana Jones. So let's find out more. Julie, welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monjack. How are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well, thank you. And the sun is shining from beautiful Llangollen, North Wales. How do you say that? Cla, 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 llan, go, llen. We have lots of different... You can say it. Yeah, I learned Welsh. I learned Welsh when I met my husband. Yeah. (laughs) Did you? Oh, amazing. So is he Welsh? He's 100% Welsh man. He didn't learn English till he was eight. So he comes from a village about eight miles away from here. And it's the longest, it's not the longest name village, it's the second name, second longest. It's Hroslanachigog, but they call it Hros for short. And yeah, so I I just thought I'd take three months out of my life. I was only 26 and I'd worked continuously um, for many, many years. I just thought, do you know what? I'd like to learn Welsh because my grandmother was Welsh from Anglesey. So I thought, I'll just bring it back into the family. And I knew he was the one anyway. So I thought he was worth investing in. <laughs> so I went, to I went to Cardiff University and did a crash course for three months, Welsh every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday mornings, three hours, fantastic teacher, and then homework in the afternoon and then practice your homework in the pub at night. So that's oh, fantastic. Now that sounds really good. Really good. And good for you, because I think, you know, no matter what age you are, it's, it's oh, all about learning, isn't it? Definitely. Oh, I love languages. If I had my time again, I would love to have learned. I mean, I did speak Russian. When I was 17, I went to work on a Russian cruise liner for 10 months out in Australia, mm. New Zealand, Hong Kong, doing all around Fiji Islands and New Zealand. And all the crew, captain, everybody was 400 crew were Russian. And so I learned Russian in 10 months, not fluently, but enough to get by and lots of lovely Russian songs. But of course I came back to London and I didn't, you know, I've lost it now. I can sing one little Russian song. That's about it. <laughs> and I've got a Russian lady here in God, And every time I see Marina, I speak Russian to her, my little snippets, which is nice, but. Uh... Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that sounds really good. So, I mean, we are here really, I mean, to talk about, your career because you you've had a, 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 an acting and dancing career haven't you um and actually this just recently Benny Hill is back on tv isn't he and he um God rest his soul is is bless him on that's tv um so people can tune in who were uh, you know enjoyed that era or you know even younger people now because you know, in my eyes, it was a little bit of harmless fun, wasn't it? Honestly, when I did the shows, um, I've been watching the reruns and I've been recording them and watching two or three a night. Um, and to be honest, the first crowd that were coming out, they were the ones that I was watching when I was at home with my grandparents who brought me up um, in Skegness. They, I could remember watching them when I was sort of 15 years old. And there was one particular one last night I saw and I thought, oh my gosh, I remember that one. Oh, wow. I must have watched that 
X amount of years ago. Um, they're so tame. These early ones are so tame. And then, of course, I did them sort of 1980, 1981. I did two series. And I was super lucky that I didn't have to do anything I really didn't want to, that anything that I didn't feel comfortable with. But, but I must tell you about the audition, actually, because the audition, I didn't even realise I was auditioning for The Benny Hill Show. I'd seen um, an advert in the back of the stage and television newspaper, which was our, and still is, uh, Bible, really, for getting jobs. And there was a little tiny ad, um, wanted um, good dancers with a sense of humour for new TV series. So I thought, oh, I've always wanted to break into comedy, so I'll give it a whirl. And I went along to the dance centre in Calora Street um, in the morning and I danced don't remember if I sang but I definitely read a script with somebody I can't remember who it was and then they said oh come back after lunch Julie so I thought all right and they said come back after lunch and you can find out who, who the star of the show is so I went and met a friend for lunch and she kept saying oh I wonder who it is I wonder we're getting all excited going through names of people who could it be who's just been given then a series and I walked back into the dance centre at two o'clock and Benny Hill comes walking up to me going, hello, little heart. I hear you did an excellent audition this morning. Now, would you like to read the script with me? And I, I remember thinking, going, yes. And thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I want to be on the Benny Hill show. I, I do remember having that thought. I'm not sure mm. if I, this is where I want to go. But um, then I read and then I finally got home to my flat. And my flatmate said, oh, Julie, where have you been? Benny Hill's been on the phone for you. He's ringing back in an hour's time. So he rang back and he said, you know, fantastic little heart. You did a great audition. I really want you on the show. So it was all done really quickly without <laughs> But um, I was super lucky. I didn't really, I was right in the middle of the runs for him and he, the, the shows, and he was actually, I think the, the directors and the producers were just, they were in a ratings war with the BBC. So Thames, Benny's crowd, really were trying to up the ratings because we had a hot gossip on the other side with Kenny Everett and that that was the war that was going on at the time and I think it just escalated after I left um you know the camera angles did get you know rather dangerous I thought and I was super glad that I actually wasn't doing the dance routines uh, at that time in my life I'd moved on to other comedy shows I'd moved on to Beatles about out where I really well that was just another crazy thing that I was doing really yeah. uh, Jeremy Beadle so yeah. yes that was um my heart used to sink Ali when my agent ran because I had the same agent as Benny Hill I was really lucky I had Richard Stone partnership and um my agent would ring and say oh Beadle's about to book you for another scam Julie and so my heart would go oh no what have I got to do what awful thing have I got to do to some poor unsuspecting person? Yeah. But then my other thought was, oh, money. <laughs> and exposure, you know, so I was thinking, oh my God, you know, the two and two, but they go in hand in hand. So um, the worst thing about that job was um, I wouldn't get the actual scam, the idea. They'd bike it over to me because of security and they didn't want the ideas leaked to anybody. They wouldn't bike over the idea um, from, um, London Weekend TV on the South Bank to me in Tooting till about nine o'clock that night. And I was always like just about going to bed because I had to get to, up so early and get to the venue, the sketch, uh, where we were running it. And um, so I didn't have time to sort of process 
and think oh of some ideas of my own and how I could make it work so yeah that was really hairy scary really? I remember was it? I remember one particular scam we did there's a really funny one actually the washing machine one was the funniest one well I call it the washing machine one but I was playing a business lady in um in an office block who had a delivery a massive delivery and, and the parcel was as big as a washing machine it was massive <laughs> and these two guys delivered it um and then I said actually that that's not for me. I've got another one coming. Could you take it down um, another level to the next floor, please? But come and have a quick coffee and sign this document. So I took them into my office. And while I was distracting them with coffee in my office, they got two carpenters in and they made the door frame smaller. So that by the time I said, okay, thanks guys. Do you want to just move that parcel back down? They couldn't get the parcel back. They couldn't get this great big, look like <laughs> big washing machine back out. And they just couldn't believe it. Got it in here. Why can't we get it out? Oh, it was just, I don't know how we didn't, you know, keep, I don't know how we could keep straight faces. It was brilliant. And then there was a really scary one. That was a funny one. The scariest one I ever did was up, I was council official with a clipboard, and they all said to me, Wear glasses, Julie. She might hit you. I went, Oh, what? Why? Well, we're going to be uprooting her beloved um, cherry tree from the front of her garden. And they had, they got a big, diggers they'd got diggers <clears throat> very carefully with landscape gardeners all around her cherry tree and when she came home she just went absolutely ballistic this lady and i was That's the council right. we're going to put a bus stop here we're going to put a bus stop in yes i'm yeah well i'm sorry no this is not your garden actually we've seen it it's not your garden <clears throat> it belongs to um um the town council and we're going to be putting a bus stop here and it's just <laughs> Really I think funny. my clipboard was shaking so much. <laughs> I had to take it out of the Oh no. Oh no. But, yeah. <laughs> but she didn't hit you. She didn't. She just gave me a lot of verbal. Um, so there we are. But yes. And then when Jeremy turned up, what was she like? Oh, she was still fuming, actually. She was steam was coming out of her ears. She was quite a force, this lady. And mm. I and I thought, why on earth did her husband set her up to do this? She's gonna have a right old pop at him, you know, after we've all gone. <laughs> She's not gonna laugh. She didn't seem to have a sense of humor. No, not by the sounds of things. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Um, but that's oh. what his that era was all about, wasn't it? It was that yeah. sort of, you know, taking the you know mickey or you know doing playing tricks on people and yeah. i don't know if ali you remember candid camera because i was brought up with candid camera with um sheila burnett doing quite a lot of sketches on that and i just remember thinking oh my god i want to do i want to do something like that because my all my stuff wasn't as it, I, I think candid camera was funnier than the beatles about scams because they were sometimes a little bit too cruel <laughs> they didn't have oh. so much comedy element as I would have liked to have had yeah yeah that's that was my bad comedy you know I was my my heroine was Lucille Ball just absolutely love wacky old Lucy um and she yeah I mean she was amazing wasn't she her own sort of thing and, and truly kind of amazing as as a you know a, a bit of an icon really wasn't she even you know even you know, uh, even if you were sort of born in the 80s, you kind of still know who she is, you know, it's, um, 
yeah, she was one of those kind of characters that a lot of people kind of aspired to. You just know, the face, like. the funny face. You didn't even have to say anything. A bit like Benny Hill, really. But just the face. You do a face, and you go, and you just it it made you laugh, and that's why I loved a lot of Benny's humour. And going back to Benny's shows, Ali. Um, last night, I mean, they, these were very old ones, and they're so tame. And I loved. I love mime comedy. I love silent comedy. That's and so did Benny. And I think that's why I, when I went on GMB last week, um, I was fiercely defending him. Apparently, I, on Twitter, I've become t- the title of the Benny Defender. <laughs> Someone, the I'm Benny not on, Defender, the Benny oh, Hill really? Defender. Yeah. So um, I'm really happy with that title because I do feel very strongly that he. He was just super talented. Um, these sketches that I was, I've been watching, that are doing the reruns, they're, they're very clever. And, and in the early days, they were hot. They were all jokes about the men. The jokes were all on the men. The men came off worse. Um, there was hardly any, any girls in these early sketches. Just a quick glimpse. Lots of Bob Todd, little Jackie Wright, you know, when he started slapping his head. Um, and, oh the amazing Henry McGee, who I was so lucky to live round the corner from Henry Henry McGee in Parsons Green. He used to give me a lift to the studios because I didn't have a car, I didn't drive then. And to get to the studios very early in the morning would have been a a train, a bus, a bus, a train or whatever. And Henry used to just pick me up in his car and it was luxury to to get a lift with Henry, um, the actor, his straight man, amazing. Oh, At the time, you know, when you're young and you don't appreciate the company of talented people or you, you don't, I don't, you know, there's quite a lot of people like that. And I often think, oh, I wish I'd talked more to Henry in the car, which I didn't. I was probably. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's all relevant, isn't it? I mean, I think, you know, we we age the way we do and, you know, we we only sometimes really appreciate kind of, you know, the, the, the lifestyle or what we had after the event, so to speak. Totally. And, totally. you know, I mean, by the sounds of things uh, and from what I've heard about Benny Hill, he was, you know, like a, a perfect gentleman, wasn't he? And I tell you, the first, my first day on the very, on my very first day on the Ben Hill show was, I was nervous and he'd given me a sketch to do. And it was quite unusual. It was a sketch for just me. Benny wasn't in it. Nobody else was in it. And I was the first thing on at 9am in the morning. And of course it was all hosted. It was all on Julie and it was called the Titanic sketch, I think. So basically I wore a t-shirt a white t-shirt and it had Titanic written on it and I had to stand there with a big surfboard and the surfboard had to cut into the words Titanic so it just said T-I-T yeah and I had way like this with the surfboard close up on my face and I had to lick my lips and I had to do you know one of these well nine o'clock in the morning nerves everything I was going like this I was just rubbish I was just <laughs> and the director was not I won't mention his name, but I didn't really like him. He wasn't very nice. And he just said, oh, for God's sake, you know, something like that. Do it again, Julie. You know, that wasn't very good. Do that. And they were going to pan out. So I was going from bad to worse. I ended up looking like a lizard, you know, going. And and then I was supposed to reveal the attic, Titanic, turn around. And on the back of my T-shirt, it said, I'm a bit of a disaster. And I walk a few steps and then I do a pratfall and fall over. Could do that. 
absolutely no problem. But I couldn't do the, the sexy lip thing. First thing in the morning, um, especially after the director had shouted at me, I was going from bad to worse. I didn't realise that um, Benny was in his um, dressing room and he'd got a monitor on and he could see me going, losing my confidence and going from bad to worse. Anyway, he came out of his uh, dressing room, came onto the, set, onto the set and said to the director, go on to the next sketch. Julie Littlehart, come over here. And he took me over to a corner in the studio and he said, don't worry. It's all about time, you know, the time of the filming. He said, but let me help you. Uh, just imagine you've got your favourite ice cream, you know, over your, and you just got to lick it and just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? And something like that. And he just really helped me. And he, he said, you're doing really well. And it's a difficult sketch because you're on your own. You haven't got anybody to, you know, and it's your first day on the Benny Hill show. It was really mm. cruel, actually, when I think about it. But it was a lovely sketch. And I, I'm waiting to see it come on in these reruns because I, I lost all my work. I was burgled really years ago in London and had all my videos, all my work stolen. So I'm really thrilled these are coming out again because I'm filming everyone hoping that I'll get my Benny Hill shows back and I'll see that um, sketch. And do you know what's really weird, Ali? My Thank husband you. now remembers seeing that sketch and saying, oh, I liked it. I was a redhead then. Uh, and he said, oh, I remember that sketch. I said, you don't, you're just saying that. He said, no, I actually remember it. Because uh, he's just one girl on her own. And, uh, but that's how kind Benny was to me. He didn't have to do that. He could have come out and shouted at me like the director. But I just, you know, thank him for that. And I got it eventually. Sounds like a lovely person. I mean, did that's you? How lovely he was. Did you, do you, did you strike up much of a conversation with him, you know, between... We, well, because I didn't live far from him in London, he, when he wasn't filming or working, he used to invite me over for lunch because I think he was quite, um, I, I don't like to say lonely, it's not really the right word, but I, I think he liked my company. And we would go to fabulous places for lunch, like the Royal Garden Hotel, have lunch, and then we'd go back to his flat and watch um, Charlie Chaplin, black and whites, Charlie Chaplin movies, Laurel and Hardy, absolutely incredible. And then I'd probably have had a bit of wine. I'd fall asleep on the sofa and then I'd wake up and he'd be cooking fish and chips, fish fingers. And, and then he'd give me a tea. He said, here are a little heart, have some tea, bread and butter, fish, fish and finger sandwiches. And then he'd get me a black cab and send me off to Fulham to my flat. Give me a fifty pound note, and I think it's only a fiver to to um, my flat. I can. He said, "No, go and buy yourself some shoes." What? You know, it's just so kind, and never, ever, never anything ever happened untoward. Never, no. I felt so safe in his company. It was really kind, like that. Oh, that's lovely. So, I mean, when was it? He passed away. <clears throat> um, jeeps. Now you've got me. I know it was Easter time. His, it's a really sad story. I know it was Easter time and they hadn't found him. The whole of Easter he'd spent on his own. Uh, uh, sorry, he, he'd been dead um, in his flat and they broke in. One of the directors broke in because they couldn't get hold of him and discovered him. I think it might have been 2013, maybe, maybe earlier, 2013. Right. I'm sure of the year but uh, and I remember when I first bought my own flat Benny rang me and I was um painting the ceiling literally on a ladder painting the ceiling um 
my boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, said, there's a phone call for you. You know, it's one of those old fashioned phones, big, heavy thing. And I said, oh, pass me that. He said, it's Benny Hill. And I went, oh, really? And a paintbrush in. Hi, Benny. Hello, little heart. What are you doing? Um, I'm up top of a ladder painting my ceiling. I've bought a flat. <laughs> oh, little heart. Oh, little heart. How wonderful. How wonderful. And do you need anything? Do you need anything? Oh, no, I'm fine. Thanks. Do you need anything for your flat? Just so kind. Oh, that is so nice, well, isn't it? I could have built it. I, but I oh yes yes I need new carpets and a sofa yeah. <laughs> oh, <that type> girl <laughs> yeah no I mean it is I I totally understand what you're saying because you know he he was obviously a really true character and gentleman and uh, just you know. another thing he used to say Ali was um he used to get a lot of flack or a lot of not flack a lot of hassle from the um tailors in tailors in london once you make shirts for him and he used to say how many shirts do i need there's only seven days in a week i only need seven but he'd get all these posh tailors wanting to make him suits and shirts in particular shirt makers but you know he was just so normal in that respect he didn't spend a lot of his money he wasn't flash with it no it's generous generous yeah no absolutely i you know, it's it's not all about that. I mean, it's just like you know, the man behind the the very public person is is it doesn't always marry, does it? The, the image no. that people. But of course, he he did he. I don't think he did many private interviews, did he? I don't think he went on chat shows like Parky or anything. I don't no. remember him ever anything like that. I think maybe he was too nervous in case they asked too personal a question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, some of his stuff was, I suppose you could say at the time, considered risque. But, you know, when you actually sort of bring that into modern day life, I mean. Oh, gosh. Yes, you're right. It's so tame. It is so. I mean, I was not on that interview last week on GMB. I was not allowed to compare Benny Hill shows to anything. I wasn't allowed to mention the name any current programs that are out there under the umbrella of light entertainment which I absolutely think there's a lot of programs but you know really there's so little talent involved in them whereas on Benny's programs it was boundless talent coming out not just from Benny all his straight people you know it was fabulous and the clever writing and the filming and he used to always try different camera um angles and different um techniques you know yeah i mean if you think i mean you know if you think of some of the programs now i suppose you know i mean this is you might not be able to mention it but i can i mean you know yeah i mean if i think about you know programs like love island and all these sort of um what's the word um reality tv shows um, I mean, you know, this is serious stuff and should be questioning, you know, why, why, why they're on before the watershed? Why are children allowed to watch those kinds? Uh, yeah. Why are they on all, in fact? You know, I mean, it, it kind of, I don't want to say sound old fashioned here, but it kind of, you know, steps over um a lot of dignity in my eyes but you know then I'm going to come across as judgmental but you know whatever 
I, I just think when you look back to that, it's like, you know, Benny Hill's era was like the carry on films. Totally. You had that innuendo, but there wasn't anything that was really, you know, and come on, let's face it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was where people are totally naked choosing their date through the looking at their private parts. I mean, I'm not mentioning the name of that program, but I think you know which one I mean. And I, I actually watched three seconds of it and had to turn over because, I mean, call me old fashioned as well. But um, I just found it totally abhorrent. And also, where's the talent? There's no talent. You know, and people are becoming celebrities without having a, an ounce of talent in them you know it's just just and there's so much talent out there if only the producers would go and look for it fantastic young people um who could present shows and it doesn't have to be young people either <laughs> i mean let's face it it's a very pc world now for instance me i'd love to be presenting um a fitness thing on national tv i'd love to do something like that just saying come on everybody early january come on get off the sofa and move around with me and let, let's dance I and mean, put some music on and doesn't yeah. matter what you do just keep moving don't be a sofa surfer or whatever you call them. well um, i think you know that that's you know that that kind of brings us to an, another issue in this day and age compared to then I mean, you know, they didn't have all these devices. They didn't have all these games and, you know, gaming, or we didn't. I certainly, when I was growing up, I didn't have it. So it's, you know, you, they're, they're just not getting out in the fresh air. They're not getting out. To, I had the beach two minutes from my house. I had the beach, Skegness Beach, to run up to and practice my cartwheels or just run around in the sand dunes with my friends and jump, jump around. We had that. Excellent. Ah. Oh so lucky i'm so glad i wasn't in an era with all this techno i'm glad i can do it now i'm really glad i can you know my children have got me up to scratch with it my son got me on zoom first lockdown lockdown number one he said mom i'll help you with the zoom classes if you want to put your dance classes oh it was the best thing and it kept me super busy and it kept all my my ladies who do my classes going and so i've learned a new skill my mum who's 84 came to, on every class she's taught herself how to go on zoom she's incredible so even though she's in Skegness I'm in Clangochlin she sees me a couple of times a week on zoom to dance with me it's fantastic yeah it is fantastic I, from, that point of view, from that point of view techno is has been amazing for these for these for the pandemic for keeping people connected um so wouldn't it be awful if we'd had this pandemic with no techno oh it would have been really difficult. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It, it, so it has its pluses. It does have its pluses, but yeah, it I've does have its pluses. It really does. And, you know, I, I mean, we need to be grateful for all of that. But it's just amazing, isn't it? How sort of attitudes have changed to things. Whereas, yes. you know, as I said years ago, you just kind of got on with it or, you know, it's, it's like the whole... Um, sexual uh connotations you know i mean you know i mean boy meets girl girl meets girl boy meets yeah. boy whatever combination you know if they're going on always a sexual connotation thinking, thinking about and discussing that um i just think you know going back to the benny era um and techno and everything 
I would say we probably didn't have back in my younger day as many paedophiles as we do now in the world, in the whole world, because techno has got them all together, hasn't it? And got given them the, the ammunition well, that they This is it. You're, you could have been uh, on the money as far as that is concerned, because, you know, I mean, it really, really has been, um, yeah, quite a scary situation where, you know, people are groomed online. That's the downside. Of Parents, the women are having babies. Women are getting pregnant to have babies to be abused online. That I can't get my mind around. Why would a woman have a baby purely so that her and her husband can put this baby? I mean, that is just, a, that's just, and, and of course the people who run these um, sites, they can't find them. The police find it so difficult to find them, don't they? So it's just, you know, all that going on. What about Benny Hill? Why does he have to have a big warning sign because he's coming back, you know, he's coming back on our screens. It's so tame compared to what other atrocities and horrendous things are going on on screens. Yeah, you know, absolutely, completely. I couldn't agree more. And as I said, you know, I think we, we've kind of like lost the plot. I mean, okay. you know, I mean, this this phrase overly woke is is. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, I mean, I mean, not with everything. There are some things, you know, to do with racism and other things that have needed to come to the forefront. But I think, you know, as far as sexism or sexist or sexual connotations are concerned, um, you know, that's a part of everyday life. As I said, you know, when you meet your partner or, well, you know. I'd like to say, Ali, is it's so natural for a man to do a double take at a beautiful woman. Hmm. It's such a that you cannot take that away from men and vice versa from women or, or, or anybody to go, wow, she's gorgeous. I admire beautiful women. I, sometimes I say to my husband, oh, look, she's gorgeous. Isn't she got beautiful legs and skin and oh, she's just an Adonis. Yeah. And um, it's just, you're not really, what's going, we're just going too far. And I have to be careful what I say here because my daughter who's 20 and at university, in Cambridge, she's in an all women's college. She's at um, Newnham College in Cambridge and she's becoming the wokest person I know. And I have to be super careful with what I say to her. Um, and she's coming, we're picking her up next Sunday, this Sunday. And I think we're gonna be having some serious debates with, with her because she's, <laughs> she's gonna come home because she's in that whole zone of wokeism in Cambridge in a feminist college oh so we're wondering what what's she coming out mm. every three months she comes home for her half terms or whatever they are and um we think oh my gosh she's being radicalized what's happening to her she's being, yeah. she's changing so <laughs> i mean you know don't get me wrong i mean you know my daughter's like that as well i mean don't get me wrong i i think you know that we do there does need to be more equality around women and you know it's you know we are opening up to that and you know we can cut the mustard in the boardroom just as well as the next guy do you see what I mean it's yes I um, agree with that yeah I mean I it, it's just I mean I can see what they mean in one way it's like you know it's you know a woman shouldn't be viewed as a sexual object um you know not at all but also um it's human it's yeah, human nature, but, isn't but it? Is that, you know, as I said, I mean, I, I don't want to, because I do, you know, I am, 
I am slightly woke, but not completely woke because I'm a certain generation. But, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like when anybody meets anybody for the first time, whether it be boy and boy, girl and girl, yeah. or boy and girl, you know, there is that sexual chemistry between them. Absolutely. You and know, some of it all, going back to Benny, he, he was just making fun of, you know, men actually not being able to, to get the beautiful women, wasn't it? That was his whole yeah. comedy. His ethos was, oh, oh, you know, look at all me. I can't, I can't get a pretty girl. I can't get a beautiful girl, which is just marvelous. <laughs> he just used to go, always go on about, oh gosh, we can't get Charlotte Rampling. He was, he was actually, he really liked Charlotte Rampling. He always wanted her on the show. I think he did actually manage to persuade her to come on his show and do a sketch with him. I wasn't there at the time, but I knew, I do know he did have, have a crush on Charlotte Rampling. I think it was part of the name. He just loved the name. It's a great name, isn't it? And he said, but sometimes in his sketches, if one of the other actresses wouldn't get it right, he'd go, oh, should have got, should have got Charlotte Rampling, you know, and it used to be a, like an ongoing gag on, on his shows, but um absolutely nothing wrong with showing love and admiration for beautiful people yeah I'm half woke I think as well like you yeah I mean, you know we, we <laughs> had to evolve we've had to evolve haven't we you know yes. there is that but you know and and that's the other thing that strikes me about wokeism though is that you can't tell you can't tell your daughter you can't tell my daughter you can't tell oh. them oh, no anything because you know even though we've had a lot of life experience and as I said you know probably by now you would hope understand the whole sexual connotation thing between yeah people you know and chemistry between people um and you know you just can't tell them which is you know no. sad in a way isn't it because we're just hoping that Tallulah our daughter will go through it all and then when she's a bit older come out of it totally you know 100 woke just go through maybe when she leaves uni she'll just get into the real world of where you can't be oh, you can't you know jump on everybody you can't jump on everybody and everything with wokeism um yeah i mean it's it's also like you know compromise i think is the word <laughs> but we're a little bit anxious about picking her up on Sunday we're thinking oh my gosh you know sitting around the table having a meal with her you know what are we going to talk about that we're allowed to talk about what are we allowed to say what are we she's going to be jumping on us oh you can't say that in a nice way oh you can't do that yeah you shouldn't have that thought and because she's teaching us all the new sayings and it's I can't keep up with it all yeah but it's it's good that we have these people in our lives to to, to open our minds to what is out there but that we don't have to accept everything do we no, we don't have to accept everything. I think you and I are going to agree on that. We don't have to accept everything our daughters want us to. No, absolutely not. I mean, not so long ago, because I've got a son as well. Um, I, well, when we first were in the first lockdown, this was last year, or, you know, sort of towards the summer before we started coming back. Two summers ago. Two summers yeah, ago. two summers ago, literally. Um, and I can remember because my son was living in London at the time, visiting yeah. Will in, in London. And, you know, my daughter and him were very much going on about, you know, how they supported Black Lives Matter 
and all this type oh. of thing. And I completely see, you know, what happened with George Floyd. And I, I even, because I was working in TV at the time, did a report on it. Yeah. Um, but anything I seem to say, which is so silly, because, you know, I really did get it completely, yeah. 100%. You know, if I said anything, oh, you're acting like a white supremacist. and They shoot oh, you down. They shoot you down. Bang, bang. It's, it, oh, sorry, that's the wrong word to say, actually. I mean, our daughter, our children, you know, that's why we just, because my husband's like, it's going to be very quiet meal times. I'm not going to say anything because my husband has strong opinions and he likes to debate, but um, he actually, at the moment, um, doesn't like the way our daughter in particular won't open her mind to other people's ideas I mean it's it's just a, um an age thing I guess and she's just yeah. right in the zone she's just so in the zone where she is at the moment feminism yeah. everything and I'm not going to battle with her I really I said look we'll have to make a pact a Christmas New Year's pact when she's home we don't want any serious debating and any arguments and any you know just please happy happy time otherwise she won't come home again oh no absolutely and you know you have to draw the line somewhere and there's no point because you know they're, they're either arrive at that decision or they won't eventually you know and that that's how life is but yeah I mean what a phenomenal career you've had really and you know to to have been mixing with you know Jeremy Beadle and and Benny Hill I mean you know what yeah. an icon really I did also work with um Steven Spielberg on Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Doom, which was fantastic fun. I was a dancer on that for six weeks. Um, and that was just amazing working, doing the, um, the Shanghai nightclub scene, a real Busby Barkley. It's right at the very beginning of Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And I was one of the many girls all cloned in um, top hat and tails, all had blonde wigs and canes. And we did this fabulous Busby Barkley tap routine. It's fantastic, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. You and, should do, have you thought about writing a book, Judy? Well, I, I've got a lovely story. Have you got time for this story about, about Indiana Jones? So we had six weeks rehearsal, uh, three weeks rehearsals, three weeks filming, I think. And during the rehearsals, Steven Spielberg came in one morning. Well, first of all, the American choreographer was a bit, a bit gnarly. And um, he couldn't be bothered to learn our names. So he gave us all numbers. So we had to rehearse with numbers in our rehearsal clothes all day. We were like, oh God, that's so awful. So um, Steven Spielberg heard about this. And the next day he came in as a dancer and he was like number 41. It was so funny. He just had, he gave himself a number just to, and I think he had a word with the director, uh, with the choreographer and said, you know, try, just have the girls' names, not a number. Have Julie written. <laughs> so that was one thing. And the other nice thing, this is how nice Steven Spielberg is. He well how crazy he is with other people's money um so he decided as it was busby barkley and we were doing this big tap dance routine all in formations all the straight lines and all and a beautiful set it was all black a big um like a big aircraft hanger it was all black and we had silver tap shoes silver hats and we'd all dance towards the camera, the crane, and then the crane camera would lift and we'd all lift our hats like, uh, like this at the same time. And he wanted real white doves to fly off from inside our hats. And we were going, well, I didn't mind. I was like, oh, that's, that would look amazing. You know, we all thought, yeah, that looked great. Very Busby Barkley. So we had to go after rehearsals every day, we had to go to this massive 
uh, white marquee tent and practice having a real bird put on our head underneath our top hats. So first of all, some of the girls just went, no, they got a thing about birds. They just said, no, I'm not doing it. So they said, so then they had to, that was fine. He said, not everybody has to do it. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll give it a go. So I went in and I, of course, we all had wigs on for the day, but at rehearsals, we didn't have wigs. So we went in after about five o'clock tea time and we had a real bird on our real hair, scratching his claws on the hand and going, yeah, it's okay, just as so long as it's for a few minutes. Well, you'll have a wig on so you won't feel his little, you know, so fine. On the day of the filming, we all had the blonde wigs on and we were standing in our formations and these bird handlers were coming up with big baskets of doves and saying, have you got a dove? Yeah, put one on hat start ready okay action we do our little tap dance for a few seconds everybody lifts the hats up the first thing that happens is the girl right at the front i think it was gainer her bird pooped in her eye and behind a contact lens so she was screaming so that didn't look very pretty and they were doing a close-up of her and then panning out and then the birds just pooed on everybody lots of screaming girls going and i didn't scream with it well, this is hilarious. I was right in the middle of the formation. So it was just hilarious. Anyway, it took them hours to clean the set. Big white bird poo everywhere. And then they got all the doves back. Said, okay, we're going again. Oh, we're doing it again. So I standing there waiting for these bird handlers to bring me my bird. And I just sort of thought, oh, I'm not doing this again. So I just sort of shook my hat and went, yeah, yeah, I've got a bird. And pretended I'd got a bird under there which was a bit naughty and then we did it we did it three or four times and every time I just said yeah I've got a bird I've got one from that handlet yeah naughty but anyway we did it about three times and in the end it just took too long the next day we all were in rehearsals and Steven Spielberg said at lunchtime come and look at the rushes they are hilarious and we went to to look at the rushes and it was just it was just bedlam mayhem lots of screaming girls lots of pigeons pooing lots of poo everywhere <laughs> the whole thing was but it cost thousands to get the birds and the cleaning and everything and it was just a waste of film really but yeah it was yeah it but was anyway the- a film that I bet you wish you could have kept in a way <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to have seen them I'd love to have the rushes <laughs> yeah definitely oh gosh you know what Julie I, you know I could be with you for ages so are you actually going to write your memoirs your book about you know those- not me. I might ask my husband to he's the writer he's clever he writes but um, he's written a few films, actually. You should interview him. He's written films. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's, yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah, no, so, uh, so do, do I know, will I have heard of him? Uh, no, not really, because, as I say, he's been unlucky to not have had a good agent to open doors for him. He's very well known in Wales. He's a big star in Wales because he speaks Welsh and he does a lot in the Welsh language. And that's why he's a big star. He did do Radio 4, he did Book at Bedtime um, and he's done Morning Story many years ago and he got great, great posts, great great, um, reviews. One particular listener wrote in saying, I haven't heard a voice like that since Richard Burton. Oh, that was so nice. So he read, yeah he's he has got a great voice for radio brilliant uh, yeah no it's lovely so Sunil, it's lovely to have you on tea time and thanks for coming yeah. today and sharing all those stories and especially you know i mean you know hats off to benny hill because in my eyes i said it was good clean fun wasn't it yes and our one of our best british exports <laughs> yeah no kidding no, i just wish he was here
now and I could tell him to his face, you know, that he was loved because I think he died not feeling very loved and looked after, which is super sad, really. Sorry to go all on you, but yeah, it no, is a shame. I, I think, yeah, all that hard work, all yeah. the hard work. You know, he used to go off to France and write in France a lot. And when I was doing a show in France, yeah. he, in Cannes, I was in Cannes doing a summer season there, he came over to see me and took all the dancers and myself out for lunch. And he was just generous, generous. Lovely. And, all right. Yeah. Anyway, lovely. You take Bye, care, Julie. Bye. Bye. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on Tea Time at forthenow.co.uk. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Tea Time with AM. Bye for now. <laughs>